Hey Jexiteers, thanks again for stopping by. My name is Riley and I'm a former Jehovah's Witness. And today um, I have a guest on the show. Um, her name is uh, Linda and she has a really interesting story to tell. So thanks Linda for joining me today. Thanks Riley and thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, you're most welcome. Thank so you. please uh, tell us how you uh, became involved with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, in 1975, my father, who suffered depression, um, had a breakdown and he felt the necessary thing to be doing was be putting us into um, the care system so that we'd be taken care of and, you know, we'd have a roof over our heads. So um, in the early part of the summer, I was placed into the care system temporarily. And then in September of 1975, the local authority Lambeth in London felt it okay to place me with a so-called Christian family. And they didn't have any ideas to what the Jehovah's Witnesses or the cult was known about back in the day. So they felt it okay to take an individual who was born into an Irish Catholic background family and place them into a JW family. And it was a, it was a back then foster family. Jehovah's Witness foster family, and that's how I came to have um, knowledge about the cult. And I was only six at the time in 1975. Right. Wow. So, essentially, you became um, a Jehovah's Witness at the age of six. Yeah. Uh, through your yep. through your foster parents. Yeah. Right. And do you have any memory of um, of what your religious beliefs or practices were before then? Um, I, I know that I did attend church, obviously being Catholic and being baptised a Catholic and going to Ireland and to Dublin and being baptised or christened, I should say, back in the day. Um, I had an idea that my father was fairly religious, but he'd, he'd obviously fallen by the wayside because it was his depression. So mm. there wasn't a lot of religion come up to the age of six. I think it was basically a case of, well, the local authority Lambeth felt that it was necessary to place me somewhere. So the next best thing would be, would be to place this child in the care of um, a so called Christian family. Right, I see, I see. And um, obviously Jehovah's Witnesses are, are quite well known for not celebrating holidays like uh, Christmas and Easter or celebrating birthdays. Do you actually remember celebrating those when you were with your father? I do. I remember having Christmas and birthday with my dad. I remember having other celebrations throughout the year, Easter obviously in particular. And I think there might have been a couple of occasions with Halloween as well with dressing up. And of course that all stopped because once you mm. enter the life of a JW, that's it. There's no more no more celebrations and birthdays yeah. that are very much, you know, um, nobody is allowed to celebrate birthdays either. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how did you cope with that change? What, what was it like for you? Um, I think it was a gradual change. I didn't find it very difficult to begin with, but I think as time went on as I was getting older, because that was for the first four years until I was 10. And then my back then JW um, foster mother was disfellowshipped. And so we left for five years and then mm. she decided at 15 it was time to actually introduce me again to the cult. She said that that you as children needed structure and I want to go back to the Jehovah's Witnesses but she'd have been disfellowshipped twice so she was having to get herself reinstated when we had to sit back at the hall and it was very difficult because people would obviously come and talk to, to myself and to other family members but they wouldn't necessarily interact with her so at 15 I've literally had one date with um, my sweetheart at school and um, I wasn't allowed to see him again and of course we didn't have communication back then as we do today with social media and no mobiles and even to use a phone you had to ask permission so we did the one date together and that was the end of it so back to the cult I went so I was groomed from the age of 15 until I got married at the age of 25. Wow wow so a lot of um, ups and downs and backs and back and forth in terms of yeah. your religious upbringing. 
yeah. with your uh, with your yeah. foster mother being disfellowshipped. Yeah, and then there was also the case of um, my sexual abuse that I unfortunately had to endure at the hands of my perpetrator, who was also living alongside me. I can't go into too much detail, but Lambeth, the um, local authority that placed me back then in the JW foster family, realised mistakes were made, so um, they admitted liability to my case. And I'm, I'm, I'm a member of Shirley Oaks Survivors Association, which is based in London, and um, they admitted liability in 2016. So I won my case, and in 2019, I, I was um, I was awarded. Um, a substantial amount of as a payout which was to compensate but it can never do or undo the childhood that was, that was taken from me at such an early yeah. age uh, i'm so sorry to hear that you you know that you had that you went through all of that yeah yeah it's pretty horrific yeah. but also I'm, I'm i'm pleased to see that you've you've come through it all with such a strong and positive attitude the thing is you have to you can't let it beat you because if you do then that's it and unfortunately um so many XJWs don't always make it the right way or they end yeah. up in, you know, having to be medicated, but I've never had to have medication or I've never had to um, go into rehab or anything or to be rehabilitated in any shape or form. I've never taken drugs, obviously medicinal, yes, I've had to over the counter. I've never been a heavy drinker. So I think from my point of view, maybe being a little while, I was protected from a lot of that around me, but it was after I left, decided to, to, to go it alone and no longer be with a foster family because I was adopted a month teen. So all those years that, you know, I've got four files all about my case and everything. And a month of 18, I was eventually adopted into the family. So that was quite something as well because my natural father fought for years not to have me placed into um, the family regularly or in, into a family that was going to be a full-time situation. He only was mm. a arrangement because of what he was going through himself at the time right so was his plan to at some point you know to um to come back into your life yes. and, yeah, yeah and to take me out again and to be to be a part of his life again very much so but unfortunately he went to the north of england and then he remarried and resettled and had more children so that was quite difficult <clears throat> so i had to realize that i was no longer just his daughter i then had other siblings around me as well mm. yeah wow so you mentioned that you were uh, married. Did you marry another Jehovah's Witness? Unfortunately, yes. I, yeah. I was with him almost 25 years. I ended up being in a domestic violent relationship. I tried to flee three times and then I was coerced the third time back. And my mental health and my childhood um, horrific sexual past was used against me that they would take me to the Crown Court in London. They would take my mental health into consideration I would be sectioned and that my both my children would be taken from me so I stupidly went back in 2012 without realizing that I could really have got away with both my girls at the time and then I ended up staying for the last seven eight years and being shunned as well which again is barbaric because it's a mm. it's a mental um, torment toward the individual so I was shunned for seven to eight years because a shunning is a practice that the Jehovah's Witnesses use. If you don't perform, if you don't fall into line, then if, if you speak out about things, then we'll end up treating you in this way so that you stay quiet. And I'd had enough of it by then, and I had to see the doctor quite often and talk to different people about how, you know, how I was coping with everything. So in the end, I decided in 2017 I'd had enough. I went to the GP, she signposted me, I then went to a domestic um, violence forum, I spoke at the forum and I went to these meetings, instead of going on the door-to-door -door work, I was actually at a meeting once a week to try and get strong and then it took seven to eight months before I actually plucked up the courage 
when both my youngest daughter and I fled seven months later um, in uh, April of 2018. So it's almost three years now. Yeah, but I had to wow. leave the others behind because she's been conditioned. That's another thing they do is parent and alienation. Um, yeah. And that's something that really gets to me even now because it's, it, again, it's it's a crime against people to keep mm -hmm. a child from a, a caring parent that just wants the best for them. So she's, she's 18 now. She's going to be 19 in July. I've not seen her since she was 15. That's terrible. So I like to speak out about it. I like to let people know that please don't get involved with, with Jehovah's Witnesses because yeah. they aren't for family. They they wreck. They pull families apart. Mm. And and is your daughter, is she, is she still very much a, an indoctrinated witness? No, the, the strange thing about it, my ex, my, my violent ex, he... Um, he decided to dissociate himself, which is something that they can do. They can excommunicate themselves. So he did this a few months after I left so that he could then um, go online and do an online divorce and use my mental health against me. So without my knowledge, he divorced me in July of 2019. That was um, just over a year after I left him. And then he got remarried in um, January of 220. So it's all very, oh, hang on a minute. How can somebody divorce somebody without their knowledge? But he managed, mm. to, managed to get away with it. So now I'm battling um, the financial side of the property that we own together. Because he felt that yeah. I walked, that I wasn't entitled to it. But my sister's told me different. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's mm. terrible. And, and you, you don't have any contact at all with your daughter? Um, the only way that we do contact is, is the fact that I send her birthday and Christmas cards. Right. Um, she does put on social media that her mum doesn't recognise or has anything to do with her, which isn't completely true. Yes, okay, we have spoken verbally since April the 30th, 2018, but I do send birthday and Christmas cards and she's got my email address. So I'm hoping at some point, you know, when she gets older, she'll realise that I have to do. It was either go on my own it was either not go at all or it was either go with one and leave the other and it was most difficult mm. to decide to do at that time yeah, yeah. I, I i can't even imagine what what kind of situation you were in you know, well i, I, I know like lots that. of xjw's both male and female that had to leave children behind from members behind and they've mm. all suffered because of it and sometimes the agencies haven't worked with them my my social work in the end i did actually tell her to f off in the end because she just was not being cooperative the day that i was trying to flee she wouldn't allow me a travel warrant for my youngest daughter so in the end i managed to get the money together so i was able to travel with her 13 bags and an 11 year old in tow and two train journeys to get where we were going and yet i still didn't get the support and then we ended up in the women's refuge for two and a half to three months and then we went into a tent for three weeks the social services were saying they were going to send her back to her abusive father and I said no so I took the tent for three weeks we had a 12th birthday in the tent and then we eventually got into a shared accommodation which wasn't ideal because there was no running water no proper electricity uh, broadband kept breaking down so it was very difficult for her at the time and then in February 2000 and um, eventually February 2000 and was it 19 yeah, 2019 February we were rehomed into a two-bed brand new purpose-built apartment so yeah it was it was really good yeah oh you've you've really really been through it you've really yeah been <laughs> it wasn't so my first experience in a woman's refuge because when my father was coming out of an abusive relationship with my natural mother that's how he ended up having the care of me we ended up into into a woman's hostel in the 70s with a child on your own and no job prospects it was very difficult so i'd already had that part of my life anyway as a youngster but i don't remember it at all mm. wow
So at this point, you you left the organisation, you left your abusive marriage. But yeah. did you, what were your thoughts about the actual religion? Did you still believe it was the truth? No, I've got very little thought about it. Um, it's damaged, and and the 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 wrecking of relationships. It's it's a cult. It's a corporation. It's a business. It's nothing to. Um, make anybody feel good or, or happy about themselves. It's just mm. out to cause harm. You know, it's detrimental. Yeah. It needs to have its charity status removed as well, which is something that I spoke about at the Truth Project in 220, and I spoke about it at the um, Independent Inquiry regarding my case as well. I said about the, the cult and known as Jehovah's Witnesses need to have their charity status removed because that's something that we're all really hoping for because they don't deserve that title. They don't mm. deserve mm. to even have that about them. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I completely mm -hmm. agree. So, if you had to put it down to one thing, what was the one thing that made you realise that this was not God's one true religion? I think the fact that they allowed for the shunning and the fact that mm. I was told that I had to stay with an abuser despite him having three affairs against me one with a prostitute from Bulgaria, and the fact that he was arrested three times, that the authorities weren't listening, the elders were telling me that I had to listen to the two witness rule regarding my own um, sexual abuse as a child. And it was just the whole thing about it. And I just felt that all of it was not wholesome. It was unhealthy. And it was doing more detrimental harm to my mental health than ever. And I needed to get out and I needed to flee. Because if I hadn't, who's to say what would have happened to my youngest daughter, who's now thriving? Yeah. She's 15 this year. You know, she's now got prospects. She's now got a life ahead of her. Um, and I'm pleased that my... My eldest isn't a JW, but at least they both weren't baptized, you know, into the into yeah. the religion as well. And it's not even a religion, Riley. You know, there's nothing She's there's not. nothing religious about it. It's man made. Yeah. You know, even during this pandemic at the moment we're all suffering and we're trying to get through, they're all still making because they're writing letters to corporations, to businesses and to individuals. And it's so wrong because people are suffering and they don't need that mm -hmm. on their doorsteps. They really don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I completely agree with you about it not being a religion. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I sometimes refer to it as a religion if I'm speaking to someone who isn't a who's never been a Jehovah's Witness, just to make yeah. it easy for them to understand. But I hate referring to it as a religion mm. because it, it really isn't. It, no. It, it, There's no shape or form about it. It, it, doesn't have an, it just doesn't have an appeal about it. You know, I was six. I was dragged into it until the age of 10. I was dragged back into it from the age of 15 onward until I was groomed and obviously married into it. I pioneered and so on. I managed to do a lot of traveling because of my pioneering. Yes, I saw parts of the world that a lot of people weren't able to. Yes, I got an education because my adopted father was not a JW, so he wanted me to have further education. So I was able to then still pioneer as a result of it for the eight years I did. But on the other hand, this, the, the expectations that could have been, you know, of ourselves what we could have had what we would have been what we could have been that's the thing yeah. and it took the identity from me it took my identity because i was born into an irish catholic background family and whether i wanted to continue as an irish you know um, catholic individual was my right but i had my identity taken from me and that's what the jw cult does that's what the Jehovah's Witnesses do they take your identity from you you no longer are an individual you're just classed as a, a statistic and that's basically yeah. what it is numbers yeah Number, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think, I mean, I can resonate, what you, what you said resonates a lot with me because um, I found it very, very difficult to be a Jehovah's Witness because when you're part of a, a high control group like that, 
they try to impose a, an identity on you. They try to impose a personality on you. And that's something that really goes against the very core of who I am. I, I value my, I, my individuality. Mm. And I felt that that was being stifled. Yeah. I'd very much like to know a bit more about my Irish roots. I know it's not just the Irish side, but I've got Spanish side and my mother's side as well. So I'm very sort of cosmopolitan and very Mediterranean in my, in my outlook. But I'd like to know, I mean, a lot of my cousins that were on my parents' side that were not JWs, that were not put into foster care or into the care system, were able to learn Irish dancing, they were able to learn the Irish way. And it's just little things like that, little things that make an individual as to, as to who they are, as to who they should be. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Mm. That's, 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 thanks for, for sharing all of that I mean you've You're really welcome. been through a lot and yeah. Uh, yeah so how how we first connected on Twitter um, was you, mm. you made a post about um, being re reunited mm. with your childhood sweetheart yes. after 30 plus years, <laughs> years. yeah and, and <laughs> oh, wow that, that's there's an amazing story behind yeah behind so can you tell us a bit simple. about that yeah, we were at high school together, obviously, back in the day of secondary school. And um, he'd only been at the school a couple, three years just prior because he'd been somewhere else before. His name's Kurt, by the way. And we'd gone on this date. He kind of looked across at me and I'd obviously seen me in a, a few subjects that we were taking together. And I didn't really have any idea what was happening. And he just happened to ask me out on a date. So I was picked up by his parents and himself. And then I was taken back to his grandparents' place. And then we went for a walk along the beach because we both love the coast together. And then we decided that we were going to have a video. And then we obviously had a meal you know, with his mum and dad at the time. And we watched a video together. And you know, we had a really good fun time. And then I got back to school. And Kurt had already hurt his arm when he was younger. He'd broken his arm, unfortunately. Fallen, I think he'd fallen off a tree or something. And he really hurt his arm, so he had to have an operation. I had no idea. And there were these girls in the class who I didn't really know an awful lot about. They were twins, and they were kind of... A lot of people knew them, but I didn't sort of have a lot to do with them. And they basically turned around and said to, said to him they didn't, he didn't, that I didn't want to see him anymore. But that wasn't the case. They actually told him something that was untrue. And he'd obviously been off school because of his arm. He was also having problems at school with bullying and so forth, as I was well being back being back in a, a JW setting. So we lost contact. Um, he left school early, although he was older than me. He was a year down from what he should have been, so he was able to leave class early. So he went on to college, and obviously I left school and I went to college. And then eventually, obviously, our paths went separate ways. He then formed a relationship, had children with his ex, and obviously I did the same with mine. And um, I just went onto a, an ex-school face um, Facebook page, like you do, you know, you get back into contact with people. So I was not allowed to have social media with my ex-abusive husband. He wouldn't allow me to have social media. He wanted to keep me away from everything because that's what they do. So the narcissistics are very clever at doing that cohesive behaviour. Yeah. And I went onto this this group and I was added by a couple of friends from school that I went to school with. And I just had to put a photo of myself out. And the next thing, there's this um, comment, and it's Kurt. Oh, my God, my God, I've done something wrong. He couldn't believe it was my picture. So then he just private messaged me on, on Messenger, on Facebook. And I got a bit scared, a bit worried, because obviously I'd come out of a relationship and what I'd gone, been going through, and I wasn't quite sure. So I went quiet. But he basically messaged to say that he was there, you know, he was here to talk to me if I needed him to talk about, or for me to talk to him about anything, he would be there for me. And it wasn't until the early 
early of 2019 that I decided to message him again. <laughs> and I messaged him at his works do, his works Christmas do, which is always held in the January. So he was there with his one of his sons who had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and we were messaging each other whilst he was at this um, dinner dance thing he'd gone to every year at work. And then we kind of got chatting. And then by the April of 2019, we saw each other for the first time. And we're talking 36 I mean, it's 38 years now, so it's about 36 years later. So, you know, the teen years have gone. You've, you're out of your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. You've hit your 50s. And wow. um, two of you have had children. And he's also a grandfather himself. So he's got a little granddaughter as well and a grandson. And it's like, wow, you know, he's got a ready-made family. And obviously, I've got, you know, my two daughters. So he arrived. And that was in the April. And obviously, we were getting really close to each other because he was coming to stay overnight and then visiting as often as he was able to. Um, and in September of 2019, um, he moved in. Yeah. Wow. So be this April. Yeah, but so this after April. After years. Yeah, after 36 years. So we, 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 we worked it out. We calculated. We've been together. Well, obviously, we were parted. In total, it would have been 38 years. So we've had our one anniversary, one year anniversary already. So um, that was September, we've been together, we've lived together and, you know, it's going well. It's not as the cult says, it's nothing untoward, you know, it's all very healthy and he's mm -hmm. very domesticated and he's a, he was a chef when he was younger, so he's really good into, into cooking and that. And it's just, he's just lovely to have around, you know. He shows me what love's all about and what a relationship is really meant to be and yeah. there's nothing narcissistic about it there's nothing i'm a man type thing and you're the woman and you're under me there's no the none of the weaker vessel as women are often taught about in the in the j-dubs so mm. you know all of that it to a side you know he's, he's just i'm smitten with him yeah so mm. i've just gone public this week the last day or two and i've just told my friends on facebook that we're actually, i'm in actually in a relationship now with him and a lot of people said oh well it's pretty obvious anyway <laughs> <laughs> just putting it out there really <laughs> yeah really lovely. that's really lovely so so kurt is the the guy that you went on one date with when you were yeah, we one date when we were teenagers yeah. yeah 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 i mean he's gone through a lot you know he's obviously got things he's dealing with and he's battling with at the moment you know his children aren't fully on board with what's gone on but they are all grown up now and they they need they need to take stock and understand that their dad also has to have happiness it's important you know mm, that he's mm. given to everybody so now it's his time to also get back as well yeah yeah absolutely mm. it's interesting that you mentioned like you, you contrasted your relationship with kurt now to your um, marriage with with a jehovah's witness and um, you kind of preempted my, my next question because I was actually going to ask you what would you say the differences are, but that they really are. It's really like night and day, isn't it? Yeah, you're you're not you're undervalued. You're not yeah. given value as a woman. You're the underdog. You know, you're 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 the lowest of low. And if you if you if you if you're being shunned or excommunicated or if you're being marked in any way, shape or form, if you've spoken out, then you're blacklisted as well. So. You don't really have a role. You don't really have a position. When I first got with my ex, I was a regular pioneer for eight years. And I think a lot of it, you know, they, they, they like to marry young. I mean, I was 25, so I thought 25 was a good enough age. But I look back now, I think I was probably a bit too young, really. But a lot of them are married at 18, 19, and they have the trophies on their arms. It's like, you know, that's all it's about, is just having a trophy. In fact, I was talking to somebody on Facebook the other day about what it was like when you go to an assembly, it's like a cattle market. It's like everybody's yeah. looking for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> who's absolutely. the next Mr. to be? Yeah, or who's the next Mr. Divinity type thing? And that's basically what it is, isn't it? It's what they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, life as a young Jehovah's Witness, you're so repressed in every conceivable yeah. way. 
Yeah. And whenever sure. there's any kind of opportunity for interaction with the opposite sex, it's just like it it it's, it, it, it can go crazy, you know. Yeah. It's free for all, isn't it? You know, yeah, and if, yeah. if you had a damaged childhood through a trauma, whether it's sexual abuse or physical abuse, emotional and so forth, then it, it can be a bit more, it can be a bit more hard hitting. You know, people don't fully understand it, fully grasp what's actually gone on. So, you know, you've got to be a bit more mindful about it. But my ex used to use my mental health and my, my past against me all the time to the point where he would almost dangle my children in front of me so that I would be made to shut up, be quiet and do as he was telling me and the rest of his family as well. And of course, the elders. Yeah. Mm. That's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. So um, you, you touched on some like activism work that you do now to like try and raise awareness about, yeah. about the, yeah. you, could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, I like to be quite vocal. I'm on quite a few, several XJW Facebook pages. Um, I tell people out in the pu in public, you know, not to go anywhere near. Um, obviously, I've spoken to the Truth Project about what went on and what happened with me. And obviously, I've spoken to the Independent Inquiry. I'm, I'm, I'm really good friends with a journalist at the Guardian newspaper. So often, I'll send her an article or two across. And she's heard my story. Because my perpetrator was never brought to justice, it's a bit difficult with my story. That's why I've got to be a bit careful. But mm. on the other hand, if she could do it anonymously for me, she will do it at some point. What I was hoping for more than anything was Lambeth admitting liability with my case was for yeah. them to say, well, we should never replace you in the JW uh, cult because if we hadn't done that, you wouldn't have ended up being damaged as you had been. So if they were to admit to that, I would then have a case that could then go forward and then it would open the door for a lot of individuals to, to be able to yeah. bring cases forward as well. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Mm. Fantastic. Um, one thing that I think a lot of um, former witnesses are quite frustrated about is that, <clears throat> excuse me, is that um, the world in general doesn't see the witnesses for for the destructive group that they are. Mm -hmm. They just see them as being okay. They're some kind of like fringe Christian group with like mm -hmm. a few strange quirks, but by and large, they're they're nice people and individual witnesses. I mean, there are a lot of nice people in the witnesses, but mm -hmm. the, the the group itself, the the way it's led and mm -hmm. and the practices are very very harmful and destructive and. It's frustrating that people don't realise that by and large. Well, I, I also put on Twitter the other day, I've just recently purchased this book about cults and abusive relationships, mm. how to, you know, better yourself to sort of look at yourself as an individual. And I wanted to purchase the, the publication because it's been all over social media recently. So I managed to purchase a copy recently and I got, I got it within a couple of days of getting it through Amazon. And it highlights in there, even talks about Koresh, even talks about Waco and that. And it's like, wow, you know, hang on a minute. It's to the point where, I mean, I know about several XJWs who unfortunately have lost loved, loved ones through death and that they've taken their yeah. lives because of mental health and because of suicidal thoughts. And yet they don't have any seem to have any care or thought about anybody like that. If you've got some form of um, depression or, or mental you know um illness about your mental issues they'd rather it was hushed up or no you don't go and see therapists you don't go and talk to anybody about it because the paradise is going to do it because jehovah's yeah it's like i don't want to hear about the paradise you know i've been hearing about this paradise mm. 1975 mind <laughs> yeah. me anyway it hasn't yeah yeah exactly exactly you know that was one of the things that i found really difficult to deal with once i woke up is like now I have to worry about the state of the world because I can't rely on that thing. Oh, Jehovah's going to come in and fix everything. You know, you no longer have that to fall back on. So it's like I now 
I have to care about stuff that's going on. I have to care about what I see in the news. I can't just put it at the back of my mind and say, oh, Jehovah will sort it out. Do you think it's like a reprogramming as well? You have to almost reprogram your whole thinking, your whole way of life yeah. in order to fit in with or in order to go alongside with. I mean, I had an, an amazing event a few months ago. I was actually able to vote for the first time. I mean, Jehovah's Witnesses do not not even allowed to vote. So for yeah. the whole of my adult life without voting, it's like a huge thing. So I told Kurt about it and he took me to the, the local um, balloting. We took our little slip of paper and went to the, to the place where we had to cast our vote i was like wow you know i've actually managed to vote but the only downside about it was i didn't get to do the brexit thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah but never mind i've, yeah. I've done something of nothing yeah uh, and what does kurt think about your whole uh, jw background how, how, what does he think about that well, what does Kurt think about it? Yeah, he does raise an eyebrow or two. He's he just says it's an absolute wacky, and the whole thing is just it's disruptive. Like you've said, it's it's very damaging mm. individual. Mm. And what they've done as well is just absolutely it's just ripped people apart. Here he is. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey there. <laughs> um, personally, I think they don't just destroy the lives of the people that are in the cult. I'm sorry, I'm going to call it a cult because, as far as I'm concerned, it is a cult. It's not a religion. It's a company. It's definitely not religion. It's a company because everything about them is money. That's yeah. all they've done is money, money, money. And that's not a religion. Mm -hmm. No religion generates itself in over 100 years. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not. You don't pick and choose what you what, what you want and say, oh, well, that's now my religion. That's no basis yeah. in the case. And so it's not. It's a cult. Yeah. And my opinion is that it doesn't just ruin the lives of the people that are in there, but it, anyone that those people that they touch lives, like Linda touched my life. Yes, mm -hmm. it was only for one day, but that impacted her being stopped from seeing me. Impacted my life for the next thirty-six years. Wow! Stop. So did me you often think about Linda? I'm sorry to interrupt. Sorry. Did you often think about Linda during that time? I was looking for a the whole time oh wow the whole oh time. no that's so sad um there was once i think i saw her uh once uh she was in um i was doing carpet fitting with my dad and we popped into a, a local pub this was probably i would probably been about 19 probably about 18 19 years of age and we popped into a pub which was near where linda used to live uh, just for a drink and i mean i don't know if it was i saw a girl sitting uh, at the other side of the room but with two guys on either side of her in suits and i think it was linda i looked at her and i was like i want to go and talk but i didn't know who these people were and i wasn't 100 percent sure if it was her so i didn't but you know when social media you know every time i used to drive past uh, where her house was i'd always look at the house to see if i saw anyone coming in or out um you know whenever i was wandering around worthing area i was always looking at people uh when social media first came out so originally it was um wasn't facebook was it myspace yeah, yeah. i think it was myspace so again i would always put her name in the searches to see if her name came up uh then when obviously twitter and facebook and all those things came up i was always putting her name in the search every so often just to see if anything came back and mm -hmm. I'd look at the pictures uh, and if it, if it kind of, if, you know, if it matched the, 
it was around about the right age and roughly the right area of the country, then I'd go in and see if I could match her to any links to see if that was her. Because obviously we both yeah. age, so you don't always know what that person's going to yeah. look like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the whole time the social media was around, I would always go on there every so often just checking to see if, if I could see her. Uh, and then let's say one day, and then I joined the um, uh, Chatsmore, which was our was our school. school. Uh, they had a reunion page, and I went on there. Yeah. And again, she wasn't on there, but again, I'd go on every so often. And then in, once I went on there and saw this picture and saw the name, and that was it. You went, oh my god! <laughs> so you, you must have been doing backflips when you finally mm -hmm. saw her post. I, was, I just couldn't believe it was her. Um, wow! And, you know. My initial, my initial was I just wanted to know that she was happy. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, if, if, if she was happy and in a happy relationship, I would know, I would have just said, I'm really happy that you're there. And if you ever want to talk, I'm here. Um, but to find out, you know, what happened, get the story. And then, you know, it's just, I need to get back together with her. We're still battling now, aren't we? Yeah. At the moment with the ex and that um, mm. so yeah that is such a touching story it really is and can i ask um what what challenges have, from your perspective what challenges has there been um that have touched your relationship as a result of um linda's past as a, as a witness well obviously the initial ones with with her uh, obviously being stopped from seeing me obviously it was kind of like a two-prong attack really mm. obviously i was being told uh, at school by people that she didn't want to see me anymore, which Linda didn't know about. But in the other aspect, Linda was being told by her um, foster parents that she wasn't allowed to go out with me anymore. Mm, mm. So it's kind of like a two-prong attack to stop stop us yeah. being together. You know, if I'd had known that what those people were saying was a lie, I wouldn't have let her foster parents stopped me from seeing her. I would have used every opportunity to have seen her whenever possible. Yeah. Obviously, but I didn't know about that. All I knew was they had said, uh, you know, he, she doesn't want to see you anymore. So mm. I was like, okay. It was, you know, and it, it did. I mean, I've told him before, it broke my heart. Mm. Uh, you know, you hear people say love at first sight. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. It was. There was nothing. It was one hundred percent. And Linda never has ever left my thoughts. Always. Wow. There hasn't that's been. Amazing. You know, there hasn't been a week that's gone past where it hasn't. Her has thought of her. I mean, that the date that we went on, I could tell you blow for blow every point of that date. Now, thirty eight yeah. years and I could tell you everything that we did and where we did and the video, how we walked, the, video. the film we watched <laughs> as well I could tell you everything mm. um, but obviously the cult still has effects on Linda even now which obviously affects yeah. the relationship because there are still things that she struggles with um, living together but I'm yeah, getting used to it living now. together I mean uh, you know everything everything every concept of it you know she struggles on a Sunday laying in yeah having a lane on a Sunday. Mm. Um, she's always wary of um, the cart. It's a cart, obviously, it's lovely, it's not around, but you know, mm. uh, the cart's around, it, it puts her on edge and stuff like that. She's still worried about. I've, I've walked the cart out though, on a couple of occasions, I've actually yeah. told them where to go and they've, I've walked them out of the town. 
you know, mm. we'll, we'll go for a drive in certain areas and she'll be worried because it might be in areas that she did her um, door knocking on. Mm. So she's just of other JWs around and worried that they're going to see her and how they're going to affect. So obviously all these things do affect and do put a strain on a relationship because yeah, yeah. Because you're, I'm worried for Linda. Mm. You know, it doesn't bother me. I couldn't care less. Anyone comes up and has anything to do with me, I'll deal with them. Not a problem yeah. with that. But yeah. it's it's how Linda, because of how they're shunning and how they're uh, disfellowshipping, seems to have this control. I mean, it's difficult for me because obviously, not being a JW, I don't really understand it. I know it. I know the concept of it. But without being in that, I can't understand how that can actually affect. I mean, if someone said to me, I mean, I was a Roman Catholic, and then when I um, got married, I then became, a, a, I joined Baptist. It was a kind of a, my ex-partner kind of forced me into becoming a Baptist. So I did it just to, for, you know, peace and quiet. But if they turned around to me, which they have done, and said, well, we want nothing to do with you, I'd go, okay. Yeah. You know, but, you know, JW, the way they work is completely different because they're constantly um, kind of pushing it into your head that it makes it so so much like it's like at your end of your life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to see that those effects on Linda, I find really difficult to understand. Mm. I try to understand, but I still find it difficult. And it's still, yeah. even now, it's still a threat for her. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Completely. I mean, well, your your love for her is is obvious. Mm. You know, um, thirty six years. Oh, yeah, giant. giant. Yeah, because he's six yeah. foot, only five foot, so it's quite a height mm -hmm. difference. But yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, and I'm so pleased for you, Linda, that you have you know such a, a loving and supportive partner who's. I know. It's incredible. I pinch myself. I'm sort of pinching myself. You know, is it really happening? Is it still? I, it's like I often say to Kurt, I don't want to lose you. I just don't want to be without you. And I think part of that is because mm. we've already gone through so much trauma. You know, we've already gone through so much yeah. in our lives. And as, as part of the cult thing, isn't it? If, if you if if you don't want to do something or, or don't want to be something, then you just you just don't. You just leave it to the to the so-called paradise to sort of deal with it for you. But we can't now because we're in the real world, and this is it. Exactly. It's nothing exactly. to be. Of. It's 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 exciting. There's so many yeah. interesting things ahead. So many doors to be opened. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm so pleased that you know you're finally living your life on your own terms, and that you know you're in a, a loving relationship with with a man who's loved you um, practically yeah. all his life. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's quite something. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. You're I'm, welcome. I'm thank so you so much for having me. Thoroughly enjoyed it, Riley. Appreciate You're that. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. you. And, and I just wish you all the best in the future. I just wish you that you know that you continue thriving and and, and growing outside of this yeah. oppressive organisation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm having my my second official birthday tomorrow as well. Oh, birthday. excellent! Well, <laughs> happy birthday for tomorrow. I mean, by the time this video goes live, it would have we would have passed but thank you oh, um, yeah. happy birthday what was it like mm. celebrating your first birthday oh that was that was fun that was yeah. really good yeah that was fun because uh, believe it or not that was quite something because um we didn't have lockdown either we didn't have the virus because uh, we didn't have the lockdown until the march of last right. year and i was able right. to you know i was able to have um my first birthday in in, in that in, in that respect so 
Kurt took me for a meal. It was lovely, a nice little romantic meal. And then we had you know, the rest of the day together, and obviously. Oh, yes, that's right. I've got some interesting gifts along the way as well. I've had um, some amazing gifts, um, some, some jewellery and that. I've had some jewellery with them. Um, I've got some earrings at the Tree of Life and the, the jewellery. of it. It's just amazing. It's just sort of like, you know, something that I'd never expect. Um, I had to do like a, a kind of a, a treasure hunt type thing of trying to work these codes out as to one of the gifts that he bought me for my first birthday. Oh, wow, and that sounds like fun. Wow, you know, it, just, just to think that he puts all the, that all that thought into it. Whereas yeah. to, to have gone without a birthday since I was 15, it's like, wow, hang on, you know, <laughs> what's yeah. going on? Did yeah. you, have you ever seen the film The Da Vinci Code? Mm. Yes, I have. Well, then you'll recognise this. This is really clever. Get into it. <laughs> oh, right. I see. So was that yeah. part of the, the treasure hunt then? Yeah, so you had to get all the letters, yeah, yeah, locations, and it's spelled I love you. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. And then inside that, when she pulled it open, was a, a, a promise, a promise ring. Mm. Oh, that is so nice. Promise ring. There we are. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just a bit different, isn't it? It's just it's not your everyday thing that you can just sort of not even know that it's going to actually happen it's like wow you know trying to work all these things out a couple of the areas were in the area immediate area that we live in here some of them were further afield so i had to walk to different places and that and then eventually we got to the mill and then it was at the mill that it was eventually revealed what it was inside inside the capsule oh, that is that is so lovely <laughs> that is so nice i mean when the first birthday that i celebrated that was my 43rd birthday uh -huh. and um I cried several yeah. times during oh. that day because you, you know what it's like as, as a witness. You're not allowed to celebrate yourself. You're not allowed to, to feel proud for your accomplishments. You're not allowed no. to, you know, self-care is looked down upon. Mm. So to have one day where people just celebrate you and show yeah. that they love you and show that they appreciate you, it's such a touching thing. It's it just, is. It's huge. It is. I mean, in fact, my daughter, my youngest that lives with us, who's 15 in July, she finds it difficult because she's never known what a birthday's about, but she's had, this will be her third birthday this year. Mm. She much prefers Christmas because it's for everybody. So she's kind yeah. of getting the idea of her birthday, but her first birthday, as I say, was spent in a tent <laughs> for a 12th birthday. And that was an interesting oh, birthday. Yeah. It, was, it was warm. It was very warm in 2019. So that was just as well, really. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. It, it's such an extreme view. You know, I mean, there, you, you, it is possible to strike a balance between thinking about other people and thinking about yourself. But they, they yeah. pre present the extreme view that thinking about yourself in any way is completely selfish, mm. utterly wrong. Mm. Which okay. is just, it's, it's nonsense, really. I mean, it's, it's your day of your birth. It's a special day. It's the day you're actually born, isn't it? It's, it's the day what 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 you are about. This is as a, as a yeah. result coming about, you know, so. I mean, my eldest daughter does do births, obviously, in Christmases because we see it all over social media because she's pretty very public with it. So, and she actually did put one of her social medias on TikTok. She put out that she'd been um, kept from everything for the first 14 years of her life. She was having things that she, she was doing things she didn't want to be doing. So she was telling people, you know, exactly what she mm. was doing as well, which is good that she's being vocal about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's so nice. So nice. Thank Happy you so much, Riley. Right. Appreciate that. Yeah. You're welcome. Right. Thank you. Take care. And you. Okay. So
Bye-bye. Thanks, Jigs of Tears, for watching. If you haven't already done so, please like and subscribe to the channel. And I'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for watching to the very end of the video. If you haven't already done so, please like, leave a comment and subscribe to the channel. If you like my work and want to help me continue doing it, please support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash jexit underscore 2020. And with that, I'd like to sincerely thank these very special patrons who make these videos possible.